the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Good afternoon. It is a couple minutes after 4. And you're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. AM 560 WFIL.com and on the app as well. Thank you for hanging out with us today. Got a kind of cloudy afternoon to wrap up with a little sunshine here or there 43 the high cloudy a low of 26 tonight tomorrow and sunday decent amount of sunshine 43 a high again tomorrow and 45 for sunday sixers having a good season last night a little bit of a blip on the radar there they lost 122 109 to brooklyn shake milton who has my favorite name on the sixers 24 points uh, and joel mb with 20 and 12 rebounds in the loss the, uh, pro football thing this weekend. You could just sit on the couch and watch football all weekend if you wanted to. Starting at 105 tomorrow, the wild card round. Indianapolis at Buffalo, 440. It's the Rams in Seattle, 815. Tom Brady sees if he can move along and help the Buccaneers get to the next round. They'll play Washington. Then Sunday at those same time slots, you have Baltimore, Tennessee, Chicago at New Orleans, and Cleveland at Pittsburgh. So it should be a fun day to just grab a bunch of snacks. And, uh, and not move off the couch. Well, that, that's not always going to afford to do that. But if that happens to be you, like Victoria doesn't do much on the weekends. So I know she'll be watching. Um, I try, uh, you know, not much lately with all the corona. But, you know. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, it's, uh, it's also a sad day in, in the world of sports as uh, Tommy Lasorda passed away at uh, age 93. Just, uh, I guess it was just last night. And uh, he came from the area very close to here. We're in Lafayette Hill. And. Norristown, Pennsylvania is where he was from, and um, I was on Facebook earlier today, and a good friend of mine, Leslie Goodell, who folks will know from many different things, including her time on uh, Comcast Sportsnet for many years, was kind enough to call in now. Hi, Leslie. How are you doing today? Hi, Tim. Good to talk to you. You too. You've had a wonderful run in the Philadelphia market yourself. Folks know you from many different many different places, but you before you got to Philly to do the Comcast thing, you were born in California, right? I was born and raised in California, grew up a Dodger fan, went to my first game in 1971, and, um, you know, uh, before I was born, of course. Yes. Uh, <laughs> 1971, and, uh, you know, Walter Alston was the Dodger manager then, but I really remember no other manager um, than Tommy Lasorda growing up, and um, he was just a part of the, you know, the baseball fabric of Los Angeles, but also the greatest ambassador the sport's ever had. And uh, it's a a tremendous loss. He lived a long, full life, but it's still a tremendous loss. For sure, for sure. You are with Comcast, and again, folks, I'm using it as a reference point, although you've done many other things and still are doing many things, for about 20 years, uh, late 90s through, you know, just a few years ago. And uh, I'm sure you got a chance to interact with with Tommy prior to that, and and because he was still around, just because he wasn't managing the Dodgers, where he stopped in the mid '90s, he still was around and very much, uh, you know, the enthusiastic person uh, all the way till the end, really. So, 
Um, Absolutely. Yeah. He was, I mean, he was, the, he was the person, well, he was actually still the Dodgers manager when I started covering the team for prime sports in Los Angeles. I was very green. Um, it was a, it, it was very much a, um, uh, a hit, one of those, you know, thrown into the fire. I, I spent only seven months in Pocatello, Idaho for my first TV job. So, you know, I, I wasn't that polished and, and a little scared. And Tommy noticed that. And one day he came up to me on the field and he's like, what are you scared of? And I'm like, well, I didn't even get a chance to answer. Like, <laughs> and he's like, well, you know, why are you letting that camera control you? Why are you letting that camera scare you? You're bigger than that camera. You're better than that camera. And he's pointing his <laughs> big fat index finger at the camera, almost knocking it off the tripod. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he just really, as silly as it sounds, he instilled a confidence in me. You know, I threw my shoulders back a little. I stopped thinking about who was on the other side of the camera that I was talking to or that was listening to me and started just thinking about speaking directly to that camera and being bigger and better than the camera. And, and, you know, it's like I said, sounds so silly. And he's had a flair for the dramatics, but he could motivate and, um, and move people in such a way that they, they got excited. They got angry. They got, they rolled with Tommy's emotions and, so it was just such a, a you know wonderful experience to be, uh, be you know be there when he got to when he was manager and got to have an influence on my career. But in addition to it, he was removed from his managerial duties in 1996 in the middle of the season after the 76 game, replaced by Bill Russell, um, who was a coach at the time and you know former shortstop in the 70s. And right. um, and he said. Uh, He's out on the field, and, you know, he was he kind of pushed out at that point, I guess. You know, later in his career, they had a winning record. But he's on the field the next day in street clothes and watching BP, and as he's leaving the field, he says, Les, why don't you come have dinner with me? And I was like, yeah, I wasn't going to turn that down. And um, I, along with another reporter, and then I can't remember who else was at the table with us, to be honest, but we sat in the press box, and I'm watching the game start on the TV over his head, and he's talking away. and like, like it's any other day. And I'm thinking, wow, like this is really cool and sad at the same time. This may be the first time in his professional career he hasn't been on the field in uniform. And we're starting a game. And it's like any other day to him. And it was just a really cool thing to be part of. And he's baseball history in so many ways. Leslie Goodell, kind enough to hang out with us for a few minutes here. You're listening to Tim DeMoss show on WFIL. Yeah. When I read the story that you, you were sharing there that you just relayed to to our audience, the, the including the part about instilling that confidence in you, it struck me how the, the power of an encouraging word, even one in, interaction with somebody for even a few moments can go a very long way to help somebody for years to come, you know, and, and not to underestimate yeah. that because encouragement is free. You know, we can all do it in a, to different different degrees and levels, but that's that's a powerful thing. Absolutely, a hundred percent. And and you know, especially somebody admired, I admired as much as him. And um, just to say something that resonated with me as a young reporter, uh, I, I just uh, I could see why he had success over the years. Now, I mean, he could be, I mean, he could be a bit over the top. I mean, sure, you know, everyone loved Tommy. <laughs> And sometimes you roll your eyes at the you know, his dramatics. But yeah. the reality is that that's, he, he moved people. And, um, you know, I, I just, I see what, I, I understood at that moment what made him special. 
Well, and as a kid, I can tell you, and uh, you know, growing up watching the Phillies, uh, gr- you know, growing into their rivalries with the Dodgers and the Reds back then, and later into the '80s with a couple of the other teams, he certainly stood out to me as as uh, you know part of my childhood, college age, and, and post. Uh, with regard to how big a presence he was and how the Dodgers were always in it. And until last year, of course, the, the last team, to win, Los Angeles team to win one was his 88 uh, Dodgers. So, um, right. you know, that's it's quite an accomplishment and to be a larger than life figure. And again, a local guy for sure, just down the road from here. Um, it, it's uh, it's quite a it's quite a thing to have part, part of the mission. Part of the reason I'm glad you can chat with us for a few minutes is this program is designed Although we have a lot of national programs on our station, we really definitely want WFL to be local. And every now and again, for sure, to have guests on who have you know a local roots here or a presence here. And you certainly do that with your time at Comcast and also a lot of other things that you're doing. Uh, I have a quick break to take. Do you have a second? Can you hang on the other side to talk about some of the Absolutely. other stuff you're working on? Okay, very good. Very good. good. Leslie Goodell is our guest today. Listen to the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL. We're just uh, chatting a little bit about the passing of Tommy Lasorda, longtime manager for the Dodgers, won a couple of World Series and a great motivator and uh, got a lot of people, a lot lot out of a lot of people uh, with his encouragement and with his uh, confidence. And so we'll move on and chat some more things with Leslie here in a moment. We have some more things coming up in the program as well. You listen to AM560 WFIL.com and on the WFIL app. It's the Tim DeMoss Show podcast, available at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening. It's 413, Tim DeMoss Show at WFIL. Thanks for tuning in today, hanging out with Leslie Goodell, longtime anchor and Phillies reporter with Comcast Sportsnet. She wears many other hats. We do not have enough time in this program to cover all the hats Leslie wears. (laughs) Uh, Before we talk about another hat or two that that you do wear, uh, you and I got to know each other more through time covering the Phillies. And uh, and um, yep. I'm thinking, you know, you had a chance to interview a lot of different players over the years. Is there a favorite player or two, uh, whatever angle you want to take that from, whether it's in the work side of things and how they engage with you or just uh, who they were as people? Hard to say. Uh, sure. You know, I think that Jimmy Rollins is somebody who always stands out to me as um, – Someone who gave a thoughtful interview, and I, you know, he he wasn't always easy, as as you know, um, yeah. to to pin down. <laughs> but when you did pin him down, yeah. and the fact that he knew us because we were in there all the time, I, I always felt like we got a really thoughtful interview, something different. I always appreciated that. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, as you know as well, Chase Utley was always a challenge, um, and I think he took great pleasure in trying to mess with us a little bit. And <laughs> I think he sort of, it made it almost into a game because, you know, he, he didn't love it and he never liked to talk about himself. Um, so, you know, Ryan, of course, always approachable. Uh, you know, that whole team, and I, I, I'm just, I'm a tremendously huge Charlie Manuel fan. Um, so, you know, I will I'll be forever grateful that I got to, you know, I was there before Jimmy Rollins came up, the first of that core group. And I was, you know, interviewed. My last game was interviewing Ryan Howard for his last game on the field for the broadcast. So, uh, you know, I got, I got, a, I got the bookend, the, a, a really incredible, um, you know, baseball group that, uh, you know, it was, it was a special time. No, no doubt, no doubt about it. You mentioned Jimmy Rollins. He, he would be one of my favorites for a couple of different reasons. I would, I would add Jamie Moyer to that. Um, he would sometimes interview me. He would make me think like he, he yeah. would make you feel like 
think about the question you just asked me. Is that a good question? Like, <laughs> you know, you had to be right. prepared, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, some of the others yeah. would just run with it or Absolutely. whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Jimmy one time. Um, no, there were many. Well, and I know you because and you said something about Charlie Manuel. It's a segue to something else I wanted to ask you, but also kind of on the Jimmy thing. There was a time I had a friend uh, visiting the ball game with a son who was in a wheelchair. And um, one of the players right. was going to come out and meet um, this this family out in the diamond before the game started and uh, just was not available. And so Jimmy had finished batting practice and then he was about to go back in the dugout. And I just mentioned real quick, this family was here. And, um, you know, something fell through and without a word, he turned around and walked straight over and spent time talking to this, this uh, boy in a wheelchair and, and his father. And um, people will not see that sort of thing. They had no idea what was going yeah. on, but he did it. You know what I mean? And I know you've seen stuff like that, too. Well, Jimmy, especially, I, you know, I was just telling a story um, with Greg Castriato a long time. Uh, director of communications, uh, I believe is his title. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, for the Phillies, and and uh, I was saying, you know, I had there was a player that I had asked to, who will remain nameless, so I had asked to go and see somebody who was ill with a pretty very serious disease. Um, she had tried experimental treatment overseas; something had gone wrong. Uh, she was at McGee, had to be airlifted back here. You know. Um, so medically airlifted, got donations. I mean, it was, it was a story that was in the paper, but it wasn't extra huge. And so I'd asked you know, this other player who had been her favorite if he would come. And he, he's like, you know, I've done a few of those lately. And I was like, wow. <laughs> you know, he's like, you didn't, couldn't find time. And so I went, I, I told Jimmy about it. And he said, yeah, I'll do it as long as there's no cameras. And Jimmy and Sarge came over to the hospital and met with her and, Mm. Yeah, that just told me a lot about him as a person. Yeah, I love that. I love uh, I love catching people being good when no one's looking. And you know, uh, yeah, I, I, I can tell just even just on the side, share a very quick story. I, I, you, know, you know, I I do a lot of DJ work, and I've DJed with you and your foundation. There was a time I did something yep. with the Phillies at Dupont every every January. They have a little gathering where the manager and a couple of the players come and they serve pizzas. And these are kids who are going to be there for a long time. And uh, it, it, they don't know right. when they're getting out, right? And when Gabe Kapler was in town for as much flack as he took, I can tell you, and I took a picture of it when I was breaking my equipment down that day, uh, everyone else had left. And they had, I mean, they, all the players were happy to be there. They, they got down with the kids. They spent time with them. But Gabe stayed longer. And you could just see he was on his knee looking at this girl in the chair. And he took time with her beyond what he what his obligation was, and um, you right. know people have it in them. And again, people can rip somebody for this or that, or coconut oil, this or that, whatever. The pictures change. Yeah, just because you're a nice guy doesn't mean that you're supposed to be the manager of the team. But sometimes I think the attacks can get a little personal. And it's like you don't need to be saying quite like that. Maybe you can just you can state your opinion without yeah. being personal about something, right? Because these are people too. Yeah. So for sure, and I I think some of that comes with age and wisdom. Yes. And experience. Um, you know, I certainly know that uh, I've been brought to my knees with my daughter's uh, health issues. She has an ABM in her brain and has had a stroke. And, and um, you know, I've been through different things. I've been through a divorce. I, I know that, um, you know, I know what I've learned is that everybody has, everybody's got something. Um, yeah. it's, it's different for everybody, but everybody's got something in their life they have to deal with. And you just become much more aware one, as you get older, and two, as you experience hardships of your own. And so, hmm. you know, I think that we also become more aware of the people who are doing those things as well. Yeah, and hopefully it inspires us to be gracious with others, like you said, because people do have 
things that you're not aware of necessarily or uh, can For sure. anybody. And that brings me to the other thing. Folks, just tuning in on chat with Leslie Goodell. You'll know her as a longtime anchor and Phillies reporter with Comcast Sportsnet. Uh, and you mentioned Charlie Manuel and you mentioned, and you mentioned your daughter, uh, Kendall. And maybe you could take a second, if you don't mind, just sharing a little bit about her story. And the, the reason those two things come to mind is one of the events that we did together, uh, Charlie came in the photo booth that I brought with Kendall, one of my favorite pictures I've ever had taken. One of the best photos ever. (laughs) Charlie, you would never think he would make those faces, but he was making faces with your daughter, right? (laughs) Yeah, he was like a four-year-old, you know, making faces for the camera in the photo booth with Kendall. He followed right along with everything she did. Uh, You know, he wasn't making a big deal. I mean, he enjoyed every minute of it. That's kind of stuff Charlie really likes is, you know, connecting with people he, he feels comfortable with. And Charlie flew in specifically to come to our Kendall's Crusade event. So Kendall's ABM is a cluster of unnecessary blood vessels in her brain, and and hers was quite large, and it ruptured when she was 10 years old in October 2014. And we found out she had actually had two previous bleeds that we didn't know when she had fainted that those had been brain bleeds, and she's since had one other small one, but going through radiation treatment to eliminate this. Got some deficits from the radiation, not from the strokes, but... She's uh, one of the most resilient people you'll ever meet, and she's just, you know, continues to fight. She's about, her ABM is about 90% gone. Uh, we're hopeful that we'll be able to say it's 100% gone at some point, and she will no longer be a stroke risk. But, you know, one of the things like you hear a lot of times about, people don't hear about ABM, but uh, her neurosurgeon told me when you hear of somebody having a brain aneurysm, under the age of 40, oftentimes there is some sort of vascular mal- malformation, which is the VM part of it, arteriovenous mal- mal- malformation. There are different kinds of vascular malformations, but, yeah. you know, they just, aneurysms is a common is a common term, and so I think AVMs don't really get as much publicity, if you will, so people aren't as familiar with them, but, you know, it's part of the traumatic brain injury process, and, um, and she's a stroke patient, so, you know, we... We live a normal daily life with a couple bumps in the road here and there. And we're incredibly grateful for all we've overcome. Kendallscrusade.org is a site if folks want to look up the backstory as well, a little bit more information on AVMs and get educated. Because like you said, some things are obvious and some things, if I remember reading correctly, AVMs are not that the kind of thing that you're going to necessarily notice right off the bat. Uh, they may go undetected for a while. So it's it's less uh, yes. glamorous is the wrong word, but it's less. Yeah, you don't obvious. test for them. Yeah, it's right. something that usually comes up. They might be found incidentally if you know somebody maybe went in for an MRI from a concussion and it pops up. Um, so you know, there it's everybody's different. It's a congenital thing. It is not hereditary unless you have something called HHT, which is the hereditary form of ABMs. Um, but you know, again, it's it's nothing. It's been a long time wondering what I did wrong and if it was my fault. And, hmm. you know, not that I was blaming myself, but what could, you know, just learn educating myself on it. And it's just, there was nothing you could do. It just, it happened. Yeah. Leslie Goodell is our guest with us. Leslie, you have one more break that you can sit through before we let you get on with your day? Sure. Okay. That'd be wonderful. Yep. We appreciate that. Leslie Goodell is our guest, longtime anchor and Phillies reporter with Comcast Sportsnet. And we've been chatting about her uh, daughter and Kendall'sCrusade.org as we can find out more about that. We were talking about also with Tommy Lasorda, who passed away yesterday, age 93, last night. And uh, Leslie uh, knows uh, new. Uh, 
Tommy in many different ways, covering the teams and all that, and sharing some memories about that and some encouraging words that he had given to her when she was a very young reporter. A couple other aspects of Leslie I've known about over the years as we've been friends, and a couple things I wanted to let her share about, too, here in a second. Back in just a moment, it's Tim DeMoss Show, AM560, WFIL.com, and on the WFIL app. Live and local. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. It's 427. Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560 WFIL.com on the app. Kind of cloudy the rest of the afternoon down to 26 tonight. Sunny tomorrow and Sunday, 43 the high tomorrow and 45 First Sunday, Sixers lost 122-109 to Brooklyn. Shake Milton with 24 and Joel Embiid with 20 points in the loss. NFL, big weekend, wild card weekend with six games, three tomorrow and three on Sunday, starting at 105 each day and going right through late at night. Speaking of sports and many other things, our, my longtime friend Leslie Goodell, kind enough to hang out with us today. Still hanging on there okay, Les? Yeah, there you are. Very you good. You laugh at me. I'm cutting the branches off my Christmas tree instead of <laughs> carrying it a flight down and just and leaving <laughs> leaving branches everywhere because it's so brittle. And I'm not sure this is the best idea. But <laughs> all right, I'll go. Well, well, don't let me interrupt <laughs> anything. Feel free. I'm sure you oh, can no. do. Look, all if, good. If there's someone who can do more than one thing at once, it would be you. Uh, we've touched on. <laughs> we've, we've touched a little bit. You know, actually. Quick parenthesis, not that it actually deserves more than a parenthesis, but your time at Comcast was almost 20 years there. There's so many questions I could ask you about that, but you're part of the original lineup, right, with Michael Barkan and was it yep. Ron Burke and Neil yep, Hartman, moved right? moved here in August of 97. We went on the air in October. I thought I'd be here a couple of years, and here I am. <laughs> 20, yes. what, 24 years later. Yeah. So, yes. It was, it's been, uh, you know, it's my, I always say I have two homes. I have you know, Southern California, and I have Philadelphia, so yeah. it's great. Yeah, yeah. And your experience over there, what, what was your any in particular highlight? Was it the camaraderie with with the with the team you were working with, or what would you say as far as uh, the opportunity to do that for so long? We had such a special group of people, Tim. I mean, it was yes, the camaraderie. I was worried when I got here because I was coming from LA, so I was an outsider and. You know, when I moved here, I saw some stat that it was the largest city in the country with the fewest number of people that moved in and the fewest number that moved out. So mm. I was like, oh, boy. But I think because we all started at the same time, um, people were looking at the network and not worried about being critical about one person. Uh, and it was something new and refreshing. And we just had – it was such a cool place to go to work. You got to go to work every day and talk sports with a bunch of people who were passionate about the same thing. You were, uh, I, I, I just, I can't say enough about particularly the early years um, with Jack Williams and Sam Schroeder and the people who made the network, Stephanie Smith. Uh, we were, I mean, I realized over the years, I've started a couple small businesses. I'm on to something else. I've done my foundation. I like to build things. And we built that network from the beginning. And, you know, when it went corporate, it was harder for me to identify with because we all got to talk about what we wanted to do. We all had input. We all got to make a difference. And I think that's what made it so great to work there is that everyone had a voice and they didn't always agree with you. You didn't always get to do what you wanted, but you could create um, ideas and 
and you were told to go execute. They trusted your story ideas, your thoughts. And, you know, when it becomes corporate, there's just more mandates from up top. And it's just not as, it's not as fun. Um, not to say I didn't enjoy my run as a Phillies reporter for the final six years of my career there because I was tremendous. But, you know, it was just, it was a wonderful place. Yeah. And, you know, as you're talking there, I'm trying to remember in the beginning when you, when you're, you're a big deal to travel across the country as well, all those miles, not just any, not just coming to Philly, but that big of a distance. Was there a, uh, a, a do you remember much about those first weeks and months about how, how, confident this is going to work or how long they're going to be giving it to see if it does work and catch? Uh, I had no idea, but the people, when you met them here, were confident. I had a better job offer from a, uh, a salary standpoint at Home Team Sports down in Washington, D.C., and my sister lived in Northern Virginia at the time. So, you know, I, I could have taken that, but there was something about the city of Philadelphia, the passion the fans had. And the people who were putting the network together that made me feel confident in the fact, obviously confident enough in the fact that it was going to, it was going to be successful. And so I was willing to take that chance. The funny part is I was staying with my sister down in Virginia when I got, when I did the job interview and I drove up for the day and then went home. Uh, actually, I went to the, I was supposed to go to the Flyers. Red Wings game five that night. My friend from Detroit was coming in. He had tickets on the glass. And then there was no game five. <laughs> wow. So, um, I didn't get to go to that, but I had a wonderful interview. And uh, I left. And so when I moved here, I had never actually spent the night in the city of Philadelphia. And I flew from, I moved from Manhattan Beach, California to Philly. I get here. When, I remember Jim Cudahy, who was one of the executive producers of our show, said, well, you know, you may go check out Roxborough to live. I mean, it's kind of like Manhattan Beach. And I remember driving back to Roxborough, but this is our maniac, maniac. Yeah. I'm like, this is not like Manhattan Beach. That's funny. <laughs> it's very different. It, what was like Manhattan Beach is it was on a hill. That was what it was like. Yeah. The street- but aside from that. <laughs> the streets of Manioc, I mean, it's an interesting place, but the streets are, you know, I've driven, I've driven some lift in those streets trying to navigate the very narrow roads and yeah. hilly and angles and not scrape the bottom of my car. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's funny, Leslie, because I first, I've been doing Philly radio for, since 88. Eight, but uh, really got warned at full time in the in the mid nineties. And my first ever sports venture was covering the Flyers finals. Those first couple of Red Wings Flyers games, they got swept, of course, that that year. I was there when Terry Murray said we're in a kind of a choking situation, if you remember. So it's very interesting that I lived here, but our sports paths in this market were basically one game apart. <laughs> it's kind of a thing. Oh, I, I did not funny. know that about you. So. Yeah. Anyhow, um, I think, you know, I think one of the things that while I have the chance to say that, you know, your listeners should know is just being around you at the ballpark. um, You know, you weren't one of those guys who pushed your way in. I always admired how you did your work and you really um, connected with people on a different level and people opened up to you in a way that they didn't open up to everybody. So, you know, you have a gift of being able to speak to people and get the, get the best out of them. So, um, well, you deserve a little pat on the back for that. That's very kind of you, Leslie. It was, it was a pleasure. It's good to reconnect. It's hard to keep up with you, so I'm glad that we have a little time. I know. Well, because <laughs> well, and seriously, over the over the years, I've just seen so many different things you do. Um, maybe two just to, to wrap up our time with. One has to do with a venture that you're working on that's going to be out. In, I guess it's next 
what's next week? Uh, what day? Yeah, to- we've been working on it for about eight months. It's not like there's some sort of formal rollout next week, but you know, suffice it to say that since I got out of sports, the one thing I miss the most, or out of television, is the one thing I miss the most is being around the sports and and just the team, the teams, the teams of people, not the teams, the players, not the you know, the, just the the camaraderie, the games itself, and the competition. And I love the mentality, and I understand the space. And so I landed in real estate a couple of years ago, which is what I did before I got into sports. And, you know, I've gotten an opportunity to do something that helps me blend foundation work. That's sort of secondary, but sports being the first part, um, marketing, branding, foundation work. Uh, it's, it's a company I'm pulling together with someone named Pat Waters and, and some other people uh, locally, all with experience. So I hesitate to call it a startup because it's a lot of experience coming right. together. But uh, I'm thrilled about this next uh, opportunity, and I'll I'll be able to share more in the coming weeks. Okay, we're working on investors and all of that right now. So yeah. um, you know, getting all that done. That's good. That's good. And the show, there's a show. People need to get you. Another, yeah. I saw a, a tweet from Craig Shoemaker, who again, there's another one of those overlaps from the charity events for Kendall's Crusade. That was part of a couple of years. He came and did shows for you, and uh, and he yeah. tweeted something about it was. I think he said when uh, sharks hunt alone, but uh, it's smarter. Tra- wolves know it's smarter to travel in a pack. Something like that. So uh, Kent Griswold, a local uh, businessman and um, friend since childhood of Craig Shoemakers, came up with an idea to do something similar to Shark Tank, but called Wolf Pack, where it's not individual investors, but you and you got five people together to meet with local companies, the very locally based, that had some sort of give back piece to their business that wanted to grow their business. And they were presenting to us to invest in them and their business. So we shot four episodes last February. I kind of got put into this in the last minute when somebody fell out and Craig called me. He's like, I need you to come do this. And I did. Had a blast. They air on Amazon Prime. They drop on Amazon Prime on January 12th. Okay. And if those four go well, um, we're going to shoot another nine, hopefully coming up soon. And it's called the Wolf Pack Show. Is that uh... Wolf Pack? W O L F and the P A C. That's great. That to be available on the twelfth. So next, what's today? I lose yes. track of it. On the twelfth on Prime Video, Amazon okay. Prime Video. So, okay. Um, yeah. That's another reason that for me to restart. That was a little side hustle for me. Well, and it'll be a reason for me to restart Prime because I, I, you know, I'll do it for a while, then I'll cancel it, then I'll do it, then I'll cancel it. You know, back and forth. Sometimes right. you get the free offers or whatever, but that sounds yep. great. Well, and you mentioned charity work too, and uh, obviously with Kendall, your daughter, and Kendall'sCrusade.org. But um, last year, I know there was an idea that came to you. Your mind's never, never dry of ideas. <laughs> um, the, uh, the 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 food it forward piece. Uh, share about just how that yeah. came to be and what it was all about because that has a local angle to it, of course, as well. Absolutely, I was sitting outside Christopher's restaurant the day before in Wayne on North Wayne Avenue before um, before restaurants were shut down in the spring. And I was thinking how hard it was going to be on these restaurants to get by these small business owners, and so I just started talking to a couple friends and put it on Facebook. Said anybody interested in sort of doing something with me. And I got 12 great women step forward and, and we created this food it forward campaign. And we, we took donations in to buy restaurant gift cards. So we were supporting them with some cash flow, yeah. and then giving those gift cards to local food banks. We started helping the first responders, but everybody started helping the first responders in the hospitals. So we thought we were best served by um, helping the food banks. We raised $80,000. Uh, before we shut it down in mid-June, 
And then recently I said to a friend, why don't we try to help just a few restaurants try to feed? What we wanted to do was feed the hospital, Paoli and Bryn Mawr, on Christmas Eve. So I got four restaurant friends involved. The Coast Beard, 118 North, uh, Christopher's all in North Wayne Avenue, and then a new in uh, a new catering in in Paoli, and we raised twenty two thousand dollars in ten days. So we've been able to take dinner to Bryn Mawr and Paoli um, for Christmas Eve again to Bryn Mawr, another four hundred meals to Bryn Mawr, so that was four hundred, eight hundred, about a thousand meals between um, Paoli and Bryn Mawr hospitals, as well as a family in need of ten. We gave them dinner on Christmas Eve. And we fed all three firehouses, so in That's... Bryn Mawr, Paoli, and Radnor. I love that. I love that. And, uh, you know, I'm just thinking as you're talking here, the podcast of our conversation will be up a little later on our site because I'm going to have to listen to it just to remember everything that you've said. <laughs> all the different, all the different <laughs> I know. Things. Well, that campaign's over. But I yeah. encourage anybody who wants to be able to help their local restaurants and help their local first responders or food banks, it's a two-for-one give. So if people are giving, they're helping not just the restaurants, but they're also helping the, uh, the the first responders and the people on the front line and the food banks. Yeah, it makes total sense. It's great to think that way. Why not? Let's have as many people win as possible. And uh, yep. yeah, Leslie, it's great to hear your Absolutely. voice again and, uh, and to be able to share it with the audience. If folks want to follow you on Twitter, that's also a great way to kind of keep up, right? That may be the, the, the best way to keep up on all these different endeavors. Or there other yeah, ways. at Leslie Goodell on Instagram, on Twitter, okay. on Facebook. Pretty much the same across the board. Yeah, that's great. Please give a big hug to your daughter and son for us. I will. Yeah. I will. Thank you so much, Tim. Hope we get a chance to catch up with you again you soon. Do, you do the same with, the, with your family. I will. All right. God bless you. Have a great weekend. Right. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. You too. That's Leslie Goodell, longtime uh, uh, sports anchor in Philadelphia on Comcast, Phillies reporter, many other endeavors, and and seeking to be a help and a blessing in the community. And I love it. Love being able to share her with you today. And the reason I even gave her a call today was uh, she also had covered uh, Tommy Lasorda with the Dodgers back when she was in California and also here in Philadelphia and uh, had a longtime relationship with him. And there was a story that she had relayed on Facebook today that made me think, I wanted to share that story. It was simply that he had, without getting into all of it, he had encouraged her with confidence and that she could do her job And when she was a young reporter. And that really stuck with her and helped her out in the early days. And how the power of an encouraging word can really go very far. So um, anyhow, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We have more stuff uh, straight ahead, including our conclusion of the program at the uh, back end of the show. Now that's punny. If you want to text in upon 610-500-DOVES, the number for that, 610-500-3600. 83. Back in a moment with more on WFIL. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Tour 44, the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. A famous Friday program. I could stop right now. Well, not really because we have the Now That's Punny segment on the way, but I enjoyed having Leslie... Uh, on the program, if you just tune in, Leslie Goodell, longtime anchor on Comcast Sportsnet and uh, Phillies reporter, uh, 20 years uh, with folks like Michael Barkan and Ron Burke back in the day, Neil Hartman. She and I got to know each other at the Phillies and through some other things. Her daughter Kendall, who I think is 16 now, has an AVM, a situation with her in her brain, and um, I think it's arteriovenous malformation. And uh, we were talking about that, the foundation she started, and some other charitable work she's done and other endeavors. Again, if you want to find out more about 
her, you can go to Leslie Goodell on Twitter. It's L-E-S-L-I-E-G-U-D-E-L. Or look her up on Instagram and Facebook, as she was sharing. But um, the reason in the first place I had her on was because of the passing of Tommy Lasorda. Just, uh, I guess it was just last night. Uh, Victoria, you saw, he, I think he had been in the hospital recently, right? He had, and um, from what I read, he had recently just been discharged or either decided to leave the hospital, and unfortunately yeah. he had a heart attack or something along the lines medically. I didn't know the yeah. exact term, um, not long after. Yeah, so, so it's, very, it's very sad, obviously. He lived a very full life, 93 years young. Absolutely. Norristown, which is not far from our radio stations here, and of course has a long history in, in this uh, in this area, although he managed in Los Angeles uh, for many years. Helped them win two World Series back, I think it was uh, 81, and again in 1988. But and his first team he signed with was the Phillies. That's so. right. He was an undrafted player. He, he was with the Phillies for a little bit. And then he went to the Dodgers, was in the minors. So, of course, everyone knows him from the Dodgers. You know. Look at you dropping the Phillies knowledge yes, there. Yes, I am. Wow. Let's give you a raise, all that information you're dropping. I won't say no. <laughs> so, but, you know, there was a tribute. I was uh, reading the story or listening to the story as well on ESPN, uh, among other places, as I was just looking things up about uh, Tony Las- uh, Tommy Lasorda. And uh, there was a really nice tribute video, and I just wanted to play like, like about half a minute of it. Um, it starts with Tommy himself, just for about seven seconds. Then Oral Hershiser, who was a great pitcher for the Dodgers. And then Mike Sosha, who was a player for the Dodgers, went on to manage for the Angels and won a World Series with them. And then um, so, and then it concludes with a little something. So let me just play. This is like a 30-second clip, starting with Tommy Lasorda, and just give you a little insight into you know how he thought the energy he brought and as a, as a manager of men, how he was viewing his, his job and his role. If I can get them to play for the name on the front of their shirt and not the name on the back of their shirt, then I am doing my job. I think that daily uh, remembrance by him of, yes, you're good enough to be here, yes, you can do this, uh, really helps me a lot. A player like myself with mediocre talent, I went on that field thinking I was the best player on the field. Nobody thought we could win the division. Nobody thought we could beat the Mighty Mets. Nobody thought we could beat the team who won 104 games. And that's him in the locker room after the after the Dodgers won the 88 World Series, uh, Tommy Lasorda. So just to break that down for a second, and there's a reason I wanted to share this with you. There's just some thoughts. It's not complicated. But both Leslie, when she was on with us, and her Facebook post, which prompted me to call her earlier today, had to do with being a young reporter in Tommy Lasorda when she was in California, at the very, very beginning of her TV career. He looked at her. He's like, why are you so scared? And, like, gave her word, like, and she's like, well, what do you mean? What do you mean I'm so scared? And it was like, well, you got this. You're good. You can do this. And that's just a camera and you're whatever, bigger than that. And, and you own that camera. And and she she said during our chat today and on her Facebook post earlier how that gave her like, okay, I can do this. It helped her as part of the his encouragement just that one time helped, right? So I, and the point is how – and then you hear these players, Oral Hershiser, who was, you know – a great pitcher had one of the greatest seasons in the history of baseball that that year that they won the World Series. Um, said in that little clip there how he he liked the fact Lasorda said you can do it, and how Mike Sosha, who was a catcher for the Dodgers and also managed the Angels to a World Series about 18 years ago, also said I, I felt like I was the best player on the field even though I know I wasn't, you know, and just how that can help somebody go make the next step. 
right? Yeah, so many players. Like, I was, you know, myself watching before the show some tribute videos and whatnot, and almost every player that they had brought on on just various programs and things had said how his belief in them made them feel so much more confident and, you know, affected their game in, like, a really positive way because yeah. Tommy Lasorda had that faith in them. And, you know, I also yeah. to piggyback off that point he had faith in himself because I, I thought a funny quote was uh when he was talking about how um i believe it was sandy koufax um eventually replaced him but he said you know he was a hall of famer but i still regret how they took me off the mound and you know put him in the game because i thought i could have gotten the job <laughs> done like he had so much confidence you know yes yeah great energy yeah so those are good things very much so and then at the end there lasorda comes back on and then he's standing cheering on his players in the locker room and saying they thought that we couldn't beat the mighty Mets. Um, they, they beat, and, and we had one of those mighty Mets on with us a couple of weeks ago. Daryl Strawberry yes. was on the team that Tommy Lasorda is referring to back in 1988. Uh, the Dodgers beat the Mets four games to three. Then they went to the world series and beat the mighty Oakland A's who would won 104 games and, uh, and beat them four games to one. So to his point, you know, he knew he had talent, and he rallied his troops and focused on the positive and kept them believing, like, you can do this, you can do it. And, uh, uh, Keep so, the faith, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so, and now, just mentioning Daryl Strawberry for a second, since kind of his name has popped up in, the, in this, the conversation here, he has a book out called Turn Your Season Around. Strawberry had a lot of success on the field. He, he won, even though it was not that year. With the Mets in, in 88, he did not get to the World Series. Uh, Strawberry was part of four World Series teams. One with the Mets and three with the Yankees. Uh, but off the field, he actually had a lot of problems, addictions and jail time and all kinds of things. Uh, God got a hold of him, and Strawberry has this book called Turn Your Season Around. He actually tours the country sharing the gospel and, and encouraging people to say, look, look, when you give your life to God fully and you line up and say, look, I want your purposes for my life, that the changes in your life and the results are unmistakably good. And so Strawberry uh, joined us and talked about the book uh, and here's one of the things that uh, he had to say about the, about that. I think the problem is with most people, they don't understand grace. And that's why they can't show their scars and wounds, because the scars and wounds, are, yeah, of course, came from you being affected in so many ways. But at the same time, Jesus showed us his scars and wounds. Why are we so afraid to show ours? He went to the cross and showed you every scar and wound, and, and he showed you when he went to the tomb and he got up early Sunday morning being resurrected. And that's that Galatians 2.20 talks about it. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives. It's Christ who lives in me. That means I had to die. You know, that means I had to get over myself and allow myself to be able to show my wounds because your wounds and your scars will really encourage somebody and help somebody else to know the goodness of how God really is, you know, and that's the grace I talk about all the time. People don't understand grace is something that we don't deserve, and he gives us to us anyway. And so many people believe they deserve grace and don't understand God's grace is sufficient for you. Daryl Strawberry, and again, the book is called Turn Your Season Around. We are giving away copies of that on our site at WFIL.com through this coming Tuesday. So put it on your to-do list for this weekend, the fun to-do list at least, at WFIL.com. Go to the contest page and uh, enter to win a copy of Daryl Strawberry's book, Turn Your Season Around, How God Transforms Your Life. Uh, podcast, again, I think it's on our site or it's going to be up there shortly, hopefully even by tomorrow. We'll have that available for you. Really enjoyed talking with Daryl Strawberry. We're coming on the home stretch of our famous Friday show. Victoria, give me a quick test run. Hit one of those hit one of those buttons. Well, you know, we have the puns. He's looking at you, kid. All right, so that works. That works. <laughs> we just want to make sure. Nice and loud. 
All right, now that punny segment's coming up. Victoria has the sound effects ready. If you want to text in a last-minute pun, 610-500-DOVES, the number, 610-500-3683. We'll be glad to include that in our final segment in a second here on WFIL. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. It's 456 in the Tim DeMoss Show. You ready for now? That's funny. I am. Victoria, you ready? I am so ready. All right, a couple of puns in honor of Leslie Goodell, who was our guest. You know, she comes from Los Angeles, and you know that when the smog lifts in Los Angeles, you see L.A. <laughs> yeah, that's where she went to school, actually. Also, because Leslie does realtor work now, I used to be afraid of purchasing residential property for the purpose of renting, but now I have an apartment complex. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Thank you. Uh, Didn't like that one too much? It was all right. Try again. Hey, Victoria, in a democracy... Did you know that it's your vote that counts, but in feudalism, it's your count that votes? Thank you. Not bad. Mm. A rule of grammar. Double negatives are a no-no. Where's the cricket? <laughs> Where's Can't the cricket? Can't find the crickets. There we go. How about the loud cheers? Okay. Victoria, I don't know if you realize this or not, but a, a boiled egg is hard to beat. Thank you. If you're having trouble remembering things, I recommend going for a run with your laptop because it could jog your memory. Not bad. When my aunt saw her first strands of gray hair, she thought she'd die. Thank you very much. Just remember, today is the oldest you've ever been, yet the youngest you'll ever be. So enjoy the day while it lasts. Actually, serious advice. Have a great weekend. Jim Max and Max 413 Ministries leads in prayer next. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.